Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into the conversation. If you've been following along moment by moment, episode by episode, you'll notice that there's been a gap in the releases. And I'm to blame for that. I have been pretty good about releasing two, three episodes a week, sometimes four. And there's been noticeable gaps in, in a block on my end, a block in my mind. Now, I've used the excuse that I'm busy, I have other things going on, I have clients, I got this going, <laughs> this project. But when I really look at it, um, I had promised to do this series on manifesting. And it's almost as the moment that I decided that I was going to script out or at least plan out the episodes, my creative ability, my creative mind went on strike. And as I would sit down to record a podcast, it was as if I couldn't put two words together that made any sense. It was frustrating. I gave it up. I, I, I realized that I was attempting to make an effort. And in the meantime, I wasn't releasing any episodes. I wasn't inspired to do any episodes. So I decided to do this one. And as a consequence... I recorded something last night, and I didn't like it at all, and I'm now re-recording it. But in the meantime, last night and this morning, I got an extreme download of everything that I wanted to talk about in my manifesting series, and I wrote it all down. And so that is coming very soon because I now have a, a, a plan that's not designed by me. It's designed by the universe. And so that is the approach I'm going to take. But today I'm going to address a question that was left in the Facebook group, our Align Self Podcast listeners Facebook group. And if you want to join that, you can find the link in the show notes or search for us on Facebook. And that is the Aligned Self Podcast listeners Facebook group. And when it's asked, when I asked the question, how did you hear about the Facebook group? The answer is on the podcast. So this question that was left in the Facebook group by one of our listeners, one of our younger listeners, and I have full liberty to say younger because I'm just over the sixth decade in my life, and I'm guessing, based on his profile and some of the things that he said, that he's in his early 20s. And I do have memories of being in my early 20s and asking a similar question. In fact, I feel this question is something that almost every person asks at some point in time. My prescription, or, or what my response is, is a page right out of my signature coaching program, The Aligned Self. So this will give you a little insight to the type of inquiry and the type of questioning that I take people through inside my program. And so this is what Noah asked. I wanted to come here to ask how you may have come to figure out what you want to do with your life. And I don't even think this only occurs in your 20s, because a lot of people get started and then they find themselves at a place in their life when they look back and they wonder, how did I get here? That moment in time is typically referred to as your midlife crisis. Now, for me, my midlife crisis occurred when I was 28. So first and foremost, why would someone arrive at a point in their life 
and be totally upset and aghast with the decisions that they made and got themselves to a point where they really didn't even recognize themselves in the mirror. You see, we can die by the inch. We can get off course by the moment, by the inch, by the little decisions that we make to acquiesce and please other people. Or perhaps it's not in the making decisions to please a particular person or set of people, but maybe it's just what you feel is culturally expected of you, where you're trying to fit into the norm, fit into the plan that other people have or say you should be at. So my prescription to begin with is at your point in time, at, at in the early 20s, even the mid to late 20s, there's no need to really make a firm decision on what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Because frankly, you're just at the starting gate. You're just at the beginning and you have a whole lot more life on the back end, you know, ahead of you than you do behind you. And chances are you've not had that much experience in inquiry and investigating different possibilities. And I admit that this rush to select a career or be on a path is propagated or perpetuated by this investment, especially in the United States, this sizable investment in your college education, because you have to decide on what you're going to do or where you're going to focus your energies, focus your money. And depending on the college you went to, it can be as much as a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars where you're basically spending all your time, energy, and money trying to figure out what you really want to do when you get out. So with that said, it's perfectly okay, it's fine not to have any idea on what you want to do for the rest of your life because it doesn't have to be for the rest of your life. And this is probably more true than at any other time in history. You have more options, more possibilities ahead of you or available to you than a lot of people did in the past. So I think your time invested at this point, and no matter what age you're at, if you don't really know what is around the corner, I suggest you be in an inquiry. Now, in an inquiry, we are entertaining ideas, entertaining possibilities. We're not focused on making a decision right away. We're just gathering information. We're looking around. We're investigating different possibilities just to see what's on the other side of the hill. We're not striking a foundation. We're not, you know, going to have a set path because we haven't yet figured it out. We're just looking around. And I think that's the time in your early 20s, mid to late 20s, that you should, how you should be investing your time. Now, this is not the path if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer because, you know, there's some time investment there. But a friend of mine didn't become a doctor until he was in his late 40s. He went back to college. He got his degree. He had already gotten a degree as a teacher. And he went back to school to become a doctor. And so it's never too late to invest yourself in a new career. I can remember Linus Pauling when he was asked after he won the Nobel Prize for chemistry. He was asked, what do you do after you win the Nobel Prize? And he said, well, change careers, of course. And so he became a biochemist and won a Nobel Prize in biochemistry. It's never too late to change careers. So when I was 28, I began asking myself certain questions, one of which was, how can I make my vocation my vacation? Put another way, how could I create something? How could I invest my time and energy in some career, some career path that would be so 
fulfilling, so much fun that I would do it for free. And I did coaching for free for a long time. Now, I did have this issue with money, thinking that it was something bad, that I shouldn't be able to enjoy something and make money doing it. I've since changed that. But I, I suggest you factor that in on the front end today. That So how can you do what you love and get paid well doing it? Just add that little piece in because that becomes another factor in which you factor in to your progress. The other question I asked at this point in time is what would feel like a vacation? What are the attributes? What are the characteristics? What's the criteria that would have to be present in whatever I do and whatever I engage in that would make it feel as if it was a vacation? And so in order to zero in on that, I looked back or began looking back on the different experiences in my life, different situations. What were those moments when I felt an extreme amount of joy and fulfillment and satisfaction? Well, one of those was when I was tapped on the shoulder to be a producer-director for a school variety show. In some respects, I think it might have been a joke or a way of passing the buck and not taking responsibility for it. But, you know, I didn't know any better, so I took it on as a serious endeavor. I was an, as an important endeavor, and I was going to do well. And just to set this up, uh, this was took place in high school, and I was in the band. And for the previous 12 years, the band director would be instrumental in creating this variety show that the band would put on. It was all members of the band, and there'd be musical acts and skits and comedy and drama. And it was a kind of a cool thing. And a lot of people looked forward to it. But the band director took a sabbatical. And so we had a new guy come in for a year or two. And uh, he didn't even really want to take the project on. It was too big. So he volunteered me. He literally, I was, I walked into the band room. I was late, but he called me up to the front and said, will you do it? And I had no idea what anyone was talking about. Everyone would say, say yes, say yes, say yes. And it's like, you know, 100 people saying, say yes. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I had no idea what I was volunteering for. And once I found out, I was extremely proud of the possibility. And I took it on like a champ. And as a result, for the first time in 13 years, the project made money. It was well-received by the public, and a lot of people had a lot of fun. Now, as a consequence of me taking on that position, so many things unfolded from it, and I have to look at it as if the universe had a divine hand in orchestrating my appointment, because it really set myself up for what was to follow. And one of those was a leadership award, a leadership in musicianship award that got me a position in the National Honors Band, which got me picked up with the Collegiate Wind Band, which toured Europe, six European countries, over eight and a half weeks. But looking back on it, I would not have volunteered for the position had I not been volunteered by someone else. And in looking back on it, it totally amazed me what I was able to pull out of myself that I had no idea was there because I rose up to the challenge. And that's what I believe that in that book by James Allen, As a Man Thinketh, circumstances do not create the man. Circumstances reveal the man within, reveal the person, what's inside you. 
And as a consequence of me taking on the role of being the producer-director of this variety show, I was able to pull behaviors, talent, skills out of myself that I had no idea that were there. So fast forward to age 28. I'm looking back on my past, looking back at these different situations that has arose that I felt marvelous, that I had a sense of satisfaction in. And then I began looking at, and here's the real prescription, you began looking at, analyzing, dissecting what are the attributes that you got to express in those situations. So when I looked at that variety show, the thing that stood out the most was creativity. And so that was an attribute that I I knew that was important to me. Because when I was creative, when I could creatively express myself, I felt a sense, a profound sense of satisfaction. The other thing was leadership, taking on the role of being the leader, being in charge. And so I, I decided that that was something that I needed to carry forward. The other thing that came out of that is that I was able to identify that it was a project with a beginning and an end, you know, a lot of intensity in it, and then I could arrest afterwards. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a series of projects, a series of, you know, things that I invest myself in, I take a break and I begin something new. I really enjoyed the variety, the variety of beginning something new, taking on new projects with a beginning and an end, and not getting caught up in the routine and the drill, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three of life. Another memory that I was able to recall was a time when I was driving out of Detroit, south on 75, heading towards Columbus, Ohio, because I was living in Columbus, Ohio at the time, but I had just spent the weekend hanging out with my friends. And I was on my way back home, and it was a pleasant afternoon. I had the windows down. The air was blowing my hair around. Yes, I had hair then. And I had music playing on the radio. I just seemed to be totally immersed in the moment. And so what did I identify? I needed to have music in my life. I needed to, you know, that was a characteristic and maybe not, you know, involved in my day-to-day as far as a career, but I knew that I had to have music in my life. That's been important. The other thing is the weekend, I was on the tail end of a weekend where I basically orchestrated the experience orchestrated the events because I came in from out of town and I called people and brought them together and we all hung out and we went to different places and, you know, had fun. The other attribute that was involved in that weekend, which I didn't really identify until I was looking at another experience that was similar. And I was asking myself, what was the attribute that I could express there? And it was spontaneity. So there was a sense of spontaneity of putting plans together at the moment and bringing everything, you know, together and having fun, having an experience, creating experiences. That was key. Now, I need to point out that when you're identifying these past experiences, these past peak moments where you felt marvelously alive, had a sense of satisfaction and joy, it need not be like humongous or very significant or significant in the sense that it, you know, changes the world. I was bored one Friday and I told the woman that I was dating at the time, I says, why don't you call a couple of your friends? I'm going to call some of my friends and tomorrow we'll make a pilgrimage. We'll create a caravan and we'll go up to a, a beach resort in Michigan. It was a national park and they had sandy beaches and it was on Lake Huron. And so the next morning, people descended on my apartment, people showed up, and I got sandwiches, stuff for for meals, and we also got some libations and plenty of ice. And 
we headed out. We proceeded in a caravan, several cars, actually just three cars, but it felt like a caravan, felt like an adventure. And we went up to East Tawas, to the National Park up there. It was a little cooler than I expected, but it was an easy, breezy day. A lot of girls in bikinis and several guys, we just hung out, we had fun, and that was another key thing, fun. Fun was an attribute that had to be involved or intertwined into everything that I did from that point forward. So back to my prescription here on how to glean, you know, these attributes from your experiences. You know, basically just look at what was the theme there? What was the, what was the attribute characteristic that you got to express in that situation that made it feel satisfying? Now, in recounting these different attributes for myself, I began identifying these as guiding principles. These are my values. Leadership, creativity, fun, love, connection a higher propensity for the experience over material gain. Because when I did that weekend, that weekend caravan or that Saturday caravan, I paid for everyone's drinks, food, and gas. I wasn't going to allow any excuse to get in the way of creating this experience, creating this event, because I wanted to have fun. But back to my prescription. You know, when you identify these attributes, these become your guiding principles. They can be and often are your values, the things that you consider the most important aspects of life or being alive. And what they point to is when these attributes are expressed, you get to be the person that you are most aligned with. You get to be the the best expression of yourself. It's not in the matter of what you're doing, because you can bring a lot of these aspects to almost anything you do. That's another point I want to make is a lot of people go looking for their passion. I'm looking for my passion. What fulfills me with passion? Well, I believe passion is something you bring to your life. It's not received externally. Now, granted, you can have experiences that are happy, you know, events that promote happiness and a sense of passion. But if you depend on that external validation, that external feedback, then you are dependent or your, your experience of life is conditional. So my suggestion is that you bring passion to whatever you do. You decide that you're going to be happy as you invest yourself in different activities. Happiness is a way of traveling. It is not a destination. Having enthusiasm for the activities in your life. Now understand that enthused literally means filled with spirit, filled with God. And the ism on the end could stand for as an acronym, I am sold myself. So the next step is once you identify these characteristics, these values, these highest principles that you want to guide your life by, that you understand that when you get to express them, you feel joyously alive. These now become the conditions of your life and activities. Like you will not engage in anything where you can't express yourself creatively. You will not engage in anything where you can't have fun. And again, fun is like happiness. You bring it to the event. You bring, you decide that you're going to have fun and you make it fun. But with that said, I've avoided situations where the other people around me were way too serious. They were not invested in fun. They were not invested in doing serious things or important things, having serious fun. 
But when you align all your behavior, your investments of time and energy, and even relationships, where you get to express the greatest aspects of yourself that you've identified, and granted some of those you may not be able to glean from the experiences you've had so far, that's why you're in an inquiry investigating different activities, different ideas, to see what else is there that you want to add in to your list of guiding principles. The other thing that's available to you today that was not necessarily available to me back then, I had access to biographies, to be sure. Yet, I didn't have the ready access of social media, YouTube, of people that I admired and identified with to look at what values, what beliefs do they hold? How have they designed their lifestyle What decisions have they made that I may be able to emulate? Now, I'm a firm believer that you should not pattern your life after anyone exactly, but steal the best and leave the rest. So in your inquiry, begin looking at those individuals that are or seem to be living the life of your desire, living the lifestyle that you want to live and factor fame out of that because fame is fleeting, but Who has the lifestyle? And when I say lifestyle, I mean, what time do they get up? How do they spend their time? Do they travel? Are they, you know, do they make an impact on society? What do they drive? Where do they live? These are things that you can emulate or model from someone else. And again, you use them basically as a template or as an indicator if they were able to do it, then probably you can do it also. And when I, so when I say that, I also want you to, to write down what would be your ideal day? What would be your ideal week? How would you spend your time ideally? How much time would you invest in, in creative acts or actually producing something? Would you be of service? Would you manufacture something? What feels like most aligned with who you think you are at this point in time? with the understanding that you're free to change your mind, upgrade your plan down the road. Nothing is set in stone. This is what I know so far. This is what I see for myself so far. And when you get to the top of the next hill, you can see even further. You can make new plans, adjustments. Nothing is set. See, a lot of people don't like to set goals or intentions, firm intentions, because then they're they're, uh, held hostage by them. Now, This is where I'm pointing to myself. You know, when I said that I created this, that I'm doing this uh, manifesting series, I felt kind of shackled by that declaration. And I have to admit, part of me was resistant until I realized, hey, I get to say I'm writing this script. I, I can decide to change my path or change my approach at any point in time because I'm the captain of my ship, right? I wasn't beholden to anyone, although I did make the promise. I know there are people that are expectant of this series. It's not that it will never come. It's on its way. It's been downloaded from the universe. I have all the notes. But in hindsight, I broke one of my cardinal rules, one of my criteria of investing my time and energy into something. And that is, I wasn't bringing fun to it. It was a chore. So let me just summarize where we are so far. Identify those past peak experiences pull out, call out those attributes, those characteristics that you get to express or got to express in those situations that added to that sense of joy, satisfaction, and a feeling of fantastic marvel adventure. 
then those become the criteria by which you move forward and all activities must have, and I didn't really touch upon this, but those characters and attributes that you've identified, put those in a list of priority, most important to least important. Like for me, creativity and fun are absolutes. Love and connection is an absolute. Leadership is important, but I don't have to be the one in charge as long as I know that I'm making a difference. You see, making a difference has a higher priority than being the leader. And so I can get behind someone that is a leader as long as we're making a difference. But I say prioritize everything because sometimes you're not able to get everything into an event or into an experience. So you look at the most important, and as long as the top three are there, then it's a pretty good deal. But ideally, you forge an event, you forge a life that has all the attributes available to you to be expressed. And when you're engaging in life where all your attributes are expressed, then you can say, I'm living on purpose. And you will have the experience that your life is purposeful because you'll be aligned with what matters most to you. I guess this, I haven't said this, but I've said it elsewhere. It's more important to be the person you want to be than to do something You're not here to do something. You're not here for a particular career. You're here to be an expression. You're here to have your life, the story of your own self-expression. Because by being the you that you want to be, then you'll make the difference you'll want to make. So how do we tie intuition in this and law of attraction in the universe? Well, when I was 18, I had made an intention that I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a person of influence, make an impact. I had just gone to an all-day event at Ford Auditorium, downtown Detroit, and I was exposed to the work of Dr. Wayne Dyer, Zig Ziglar, Vic Cavett, um, Dr. Dennis Waitley, all these big people or the greats, thought leaders of the time on motivation and achievement. But I was so jazzed in receiving the ideas that they were throwing out there that I also wanted to do that. I had my experience of the variety show, of being center stage, and I thought, you know, I could do that. Wouldn't it be fun? And when I told my girlfriend at the time, she kind of laughed at me. Like, who was I? What had I ever done? You know, wasn't I being unrealistic? You know, that's for them. That's not for you. And in some respects... She was right. I was not ready at that moment in time to step into that that role. But we ended up breaking up not too long after that. And I thought it was interesting that probably a year and a half later, out of the blue, I got an invitation to visit Success Motivation Institute in Waco, Texas. I met the company president and another thought leader, Paul J. Meyer. I hung out with millionaires and had lunch at the country club. But then I came back to Michigan, and went right back to my retail job. But I have to say, the seed was planted. I had exposure to that life. I had exposure to a a different career path. And I made another series of choices, mostly to fit into other people's ideas of what was expected of me, you know, pleasing other people, doing culturally the, the career path, the expected path, only to reach that point at age 28, where I looked in the mirror and I had that sense of inspirational dissatisfaction. 
I did not recognize the person that I had become because it was not in alignment with that 18-year-old intention that I had for my life. The path that I was taking, the decisions that I was making, it just didn't fit. On a side note, I did reconnect and had lunch with that original girlfriend that kind of laughed at me. And she looked at me and looked at my life as I recounted all the different things that had gone on. And she said, you really did create the life you wanted at 18. Well, I'm not going to recount moment by moment, decision by decision that led me to this point in time. But just let me tell you that it's not necessarily a straight path. Sometimes the only decision you can make for your life is whether you turn right or left, go forward or back. You have an urging to investigate that. You have an impulse to go over there, to move. You see, at the center of your being, you know who you are. You know what you want. Your intuitive guidance is there all along. Your higher self, your inner being, your oversoul. There's lots of different names, but it's an aspect of you that is tied to God, Goddess, all it is. But even though there's times when it doesn't feel like it, you are never not on your path. As long as you listen, listen to your intuition, because your intuition will always inform you. And my one regret is that I didn't learn to trust my intuition sooner. It was what it was. It happened the way it happened. And I, you know, looking back on it, it happened perfectly. It, It couldn't have happened any other way than the way it happened. Although it felt like at the time, in certain periods of my life, like I was off my path, that I was taking a detour And those typically occurred when I began acquiescing and looking for validation from outside sources. And that's why I end every podcast with follow your inner signals, be inner directed, and heed the advice of William Shakespeare in Hamlet. This above all else, to thine own self be true, and so it shall follow as the night the day. Thou canst be false to any man. And what that means is when you live from your own heart, when you're true to yourself, to thine own self be true, you cannot be false to any man. When you are authentic, when you are living according to your highest principles of life, then anything you do is purposeful. Anything that you do is aligned with who you're wanting to be, who you choose to be. So Noah, I guess this was a roundabout way to come to this point in our conversation. Be less concerned about what you're going to do with your life and more concerned with who you want to be in your life. How do you want your expression to be? Focus on being the person you want to be and everything else will fall into place. You will be guided and supported by the universe. Listen and operate your life from inner signals and be immersed in the epic adventure. I'm almost saying the end of the podcast right now, so I might as well end it. This is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 